Bears Garden Center with us. Richard, how are you? Hey, Jeff. Doing great. Thank you. Appreciate uh, the opportunity as always. Uh, we'll talk about what you have brought in plant-wise and other uh, product in just a moment. And yeah, I thought I'd talk a little bit today as time goes on about seeding uh, a grass versus sodding and the types of grass and a few things about that. Um, want to start off and say that, you know, now's your time to plant your quote-unquote fall tomatoes. Remember, you plant them in the summer, so they produce in the fall. And uh, and so you got really to the middle of August to plant them. Now, we'll sell them through about the middle of September because some people will put them in pots, Jeff, and where if it gets cold. And, and you know, like, I mean, last year, I, I don't quite remember when our first freeze was, but... Many times we don't get anything till January or February. Now, a couple of years ago, we did get an early one in November. I was, and, on, I, was, I was still in the house. That was around 2012, 13, maybe. Yeah. No, 13 no. or 14. Maybe so. Maybe a hard one, but like, I think it was actually two years ago. It was in November. We got a freeze. And then we didn't get another one. Okay, I till, do remember that one. Till, was, it was just cold enough to get down to 31, 32 for a few hours, but enough to, you know, if you didn't protect yeah. it, to zap some stuff out. But it, but, it, but beyond that, you were fine. So, uh, uh, you know, you, I, I guess it's changing enough that you can plant them later. Just have a, a way of protecting them because usually early on we may get something that's cold, but if you can kind of protect them, then you got it for a good while at least that's the way it's played out the last couple of years and so these i brought in uh these are uh, the 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 tomatoes that you plant for the fall and the basic difference is that they will take the heat in terms of the flower itself will take the heat better than the other varieties so they've been developed so that when they start uh flowering in late august september even though it's hot they will be able to set the fruit. And that's usually the big issue with the spring tomatoes is that, you know, like this year, it was very, very hot early on, about the middle of May. It got into the 90s. That's a problem. And uh, But, th- like, this is so- one's called Solar Fire. One's called Talladega Sun Master. There's Heat Wave. There's about three different other varieties that do well. So I guess the biggest misnomer is that they say that, okay, I can plan them. They're going to take the heat. Well, that's true, but all of them will take the heat uh, in terms of the plant itself. But you got to keep it really, really wet. You can't let them dry out, obviously. And I, we strongly recommend mulching around them so that they don't dry out and just kind of keeps the soil temperature from getting too hot. Just so extreme right now, Jeff. And uh, you want to water in the mornings, but in some instances you have to water in the afternoon, late in the afternoon too because it's that hot. And so as long as you keep them wet, they will grow. Obviously, the insect population is really high right now so you want to watch for different bugs and um there's one called leaf miner which i don't know we'll get them and and we'll spray but you can just slow them down but you want to kind of stay ahead of it it's kind of the reverse from the spring in the spring it's easy time to plant because it's mild temperatures are mild you're not bothered you're not you know bothered by the bugs in april and, and may i mean april uh march and april and usually may and uh whereas the, this this time early on you're bothered by those things but by the time they they start to produce fruit temperatures are getting milder so it's much easier on the plant it's kind of the reverse so it's hard on the plant earlier so you got to kind of watch them earlier on but then as temperatures start to decline um uh it's much easier on gotcha and just remember your day length is getting shorter so you don't want to put this if it's a situation where in the spring you plant them in a place where 
maybe you don't get as much sun, but you know that as time goes on, uh, they'll get more sun. Uh, it may be the reverse this time. So you, you want to try to find a spot that you get as as, uh, as much sun as you can so that even though the day length is getting shorter, it won't, it won't affect the plant as much. As a general rule, the, uh, the tomatoes, uh, as the season wears on, the fruit itself will get smaller, you know, than they would normally get. But it's nothing, still, it's a, it's a fresh tomato. So it's fresh tomato when it's hard to find them. And so even though they are smaller than the norm, they're worth, uh, they're worth it because of, strictly because of the taste. Gotcha. And, uh, we can still plant, uh, cucumbers and, uh, there's several things we can plant, still plant. Uh, you know, pumpkins and watermelon, cantaloupe, and you still plant that. Just going to make a little bit later. But cucumbers is one you want. You can put directly in the ground right now, and they will grow like a weed and do extremely well. So, kind of keep that in mind. Although we may be in between crops, uh, there's still things you can do. I know. I know. Christine picked up some nice cucumbers at the farmers market uh, yes. Tuesday. Yeah, they should be pretty abundant right now, and uh, and people have done well. So that's a good thing. Good. Uh, kind of switching. I did bring one plant here. This is called Ruella. It's, uh, it, I don't know how to describe it. Kind of, uh, long, thin leaves. Uh, maybe it's not politically correct, but it, they call them also Mexican petunias. Okay. Extremely hardy. The reason I brought it is because it's one that's blooming very well right now. Uh, and, uh, this one's a dwarf. It gets about, uh, 12 inches tall. And just can take the abuse, take the heat. Yeah, just give it half a chance. It's a perennial. Comes back from year to year. And uh, do, do the leaves always uh, go beyond the flower? Or no, does that flower eventually kind of rise above. The, the leaves go beyond the flower, uh, but uh, they're, you're going to be able to see the flowers very easily because they're really prolific. Right here is showing just two, but you can see there's probably about four or five more okay. buds. So no, it's very showy. Uh, it's just one that we recommend for people who want something different or and have a spot that's just been hard for them to grow anything. And uh, just very well. The, the, the biggest negative to them is that they do drop seed, and so the seed will spread. So they'll kind of they kind of spread. So in the right situation, it's a good plant. In the wrong situation, it can be a nightmare. But uh, if you have an area that uh, that you've had a hard time growing things in the sun. This one would do well, and, and and perennial comes back every year. It stays green so, in the wintertime. I was going to ask you, um, so the, the flower disappears right. in the wintertime. Will it bloom throughout uh, the warmer periods? It, it kind of depends on temperature. But let's say it gets cold and cool. They'll quit blooming, and but they stay green. Yeah. So they just stay green. There's also one. How much of a freeze would it handle, the green aspect? Uh, it, it would have to get down to the mid twenties. Okay, gotcha. I mean, a, a really hard freeze, but they'll come back. If they don't come back from the plant, they'll come back from the seed, and uh, so, so it, it's just a good hardy plant that yeah. does well. And they come in pink, blue, and white. Those are purple. Or is I guess that the blue. You that's just kind of the blue, okay. but, you, but you're right. Kind of maybe a lavenderish purple. I, I don't know. Or maybe my spectrum's off. I don't. <laughs> all this time, you know, my spectrum can be a little off too. So, but anyway. Let's talk a little bit about uh, seeds. People have been starting to plant uh, lawn seeds. Yeah, I, I was thinking about you planting seeds, but uh, also the fertilization. This week, boy, we were expecting a boatload of rain. Did not happen. And thinking about the people who would have planted things, thinking, well, I don't have to water because we're going to get all this rain this week. Exactly. Or, and like I've always stressed at this time of year, you don't want to fertilize 
dependent on the rain because it was dry. In certain areas around here, it's dry. And so you fertilize a established lawn and you don't get this quote-unquote rain we're supposed to get. That is a problem. You really just got to stay out there and saturate and saturate not to cause burning and all that. So, But when it comes to seeds, and that's kind of why I want to talk about it today, is that uh, – uh, 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 in general, the the the, uh, the you know we, we sell a lot of sod, St. Augustine sod mostly, and there's also centipede, uh, which we don't sell hardly at all, and then we and there's also Bermuda. Those are three. Those are three basic uh, uh, lawn grass that we grow in the spring and summer that are perennial that come back every year. The basic difference is, and to kind of keep it simple, is that the St. Augustine is the most common one. I would say probably 90, 90 to 95% of the lawns are St. Augustine in this area, okay? But it only it only comes in a plant form, uh, the sod, the, the, the sod that you buy and lay. You cannot buy the seed. Some people sell the seed, but it's not worth it because if you look at the germination percentage, it's between 8 and 10%. Really? Yeah, so if you're buying whatever, you know, $50 worth of seed, and you're only getting 10% germination, uh, it's, it's really not worth it. you just got to do it. Now, sod, you can actually cut up into pieces and plug it. Mm-hmm. And so you can spread it out that way. But uh, St. Augustine sod is the most expensive because you're planting a plant. And uh, kind of the, the pluses of planting sod uh, versus seed is that if you solid sod an area, uh, you're not dealing with a lot of weeds. Uh, you're basically putting the grass wherever it goes, and so it's packed in tight. Uh, in terms of establishment, it's really quick, obviously, because you've pretty much established it mm-hmm. immediately. And uh, and so that's a huge benefit. You're not fighting weeds. You have an instant impact uh, uh, in terms of this, the speed of the lawn. And so it's really, really nice. The, the biggest drawback is cost. Is a, is a, you know, is a, it's much more expensive than seeding uh, other types of seed. Now, the closest, I guess, the second cousin to St. Augustine is one called Centipede. Centipede looks pretty much or grows pretty much exactly like St. Augustine in terms of the growth. It spreads the rhizomes. It's thick like St. Augustine. The biggest difference is that the centipede has a smaller leaf blade, which some people don't like. They like that lush look of St. Aug. And it it goes dormant earlier than St. Aug, so uh, it kind of it, it doesn't take much of a frost or a uh, 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 light freeze to uh, to put it into into dormancy, and so that's kind of a, a drawback. The, the 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 benefit to centipede is that it is a slower grower, so once you get it established, I mean you you cut your lawn thirty percent less than you cut a St. Aug St. Augustine lawn. It generally is a little bit more resistant to certain fungus and viruses, although I'm not quite 100% sure of that. Uh, to me, it's about the same. But, but if you, you know, read the information, it's going to say that it's a little bit more disease-resistant than St. Augustine. Um, um, but the, the biggest advantage of it is that it does the maintenance of it in terms of cutting is much, much less than, uh, than the St. Augustine. Centipede does come in seed also though so you can buy the sod or you can buy it by seed now uh, i'm just going to kind of throw this towards you uh, jeff and let you look at the seed itself and uh, it is a very small seed and if it's purple it's purple but if you look at it what you're looking at it's actually coated yeah so this one's coated so you're not even looking at the seed there it's so it's a very fine seed and so you got to be very careful when you put it down 
Now, the the other uh, uh, side, uh, I mean, a uh, lawn seed that we, we sell out of is one called Bermuda. And there's different types of Bermuda. There's common Bermuda, coastal Bermuda. There's lawn Bermuda. Uh, and and just know that the seeds on both of these are it's very very fine, and and we've had trouble uh, many times uh, trying to make sure to stress to the to the customers is that you got to keep it extremely wet. And we've kind of talked about this a few weeks ago. But the bottom line is that when it gets this hot, uh, you have to water it twice a day because you're only planting this seed. You cannot plant a fine seed like that a half inch deep. If you plant a half inch deep, then you get a rain on it and buries it another quarter of an inch. It'll never come up. So you're pretty much planting this on top of the ground and maybe covering it an eighth of an inch. Well, Jeff, you get a you get a, a temperature, a sunshiny day, ninety degrees, uh, with the with the sun shining. That that little seed that's buried a quarter of an inch is going to be dry. It, it deal with is that you make sure you want to put out enough seed. You don't want to take a um, and all, all seed have uh, centipede has a different uh, uh, rate to Bermuda, and even certain certain types of Bermudas have different rates in terms of square footage coverage. So you want to get pretty close to the amount of square feet you're trying to cover to make sure that when it comes up, it's going to be thick enough to to get established rather quickly. Now, usually what we tell you know the customer is that go ahead and put it down at the rate that that it says. And then once it starts to come up, you may have to overseed again some spots. It may wash a little bit or, or maybe a certain area doesn't germinate for whatever reason. Uh, you may have to, uh, to overseed it. But you want to start off getting it pretty close. You don't want to start off being halfway there and, and getting it up and then realize you've got to put a lot more to make it thick enough. So you want to, you want to know your square footage uh, going into it, and then you want to buy appropriately. And uh, you know, I mean, I'm guessing a bag that big. You're not doing a whole lawn with that. Obviously. No, no. This this little bag, and what we're looking at here is actually a one pound bag will cover four thousand square feet. Yeah. So it's not a not twenty by twenty. Yeah. No, no, no. That's that's four hundred. So four thousand. It's uh, that's, it's that's a big piece. It's a big piece, about a tenth of an acre, and uh, so it is a big piece. Uh, but it takes a little while to get it up. You know, you to to get it up, it's probably take about uh, fourteen days to get it up. Another thing the consumer needs to watch, and, and I saw this on, uh, I think, on the news last time about conflation versus inflation. I may, I may be using the wrong term, but what's happening is, and it's been happening for years, but it's happening more now, is that they're, they are, to maintain their price points, they are putting less in the container. Mm, okay. And... Uh, 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 but making the Walmart's been doing that for years. For years, and now I've, that's I've always got on my soapbox about that. But this is a this is a classic example. This is a one pound container of pure seed. Yeah. Uh, now you can sell one pound of centipede. Uh, it says one pound of centipede, but you got to read the the. the it, it may not be pure seed. It may be fifty percent organic matter, but it's one pound. But it's fifty percent organic matter, unless the consumer is really aware of knowing what they're looking for. Which basically means, if you put if this bag covers four thousand square feet, Jeff, and then you put fifty percent organic matter in it, it's going to cover half the area, two thousand square feet. And so, and you think you're getting a good deal, where in reality you're covering less area than mm-hmm. you would have bought the the more expensive one, pure seed. So you just want to be, especially in today's world, because it's happening. It's happening in the grocery store. It's happening everywhere. You got to kind of watch it, and so uh, uh, and 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 this one's coated with a fertilizer, which basically means there's less seed in this pound. 
The difference is, though, is that because it's coated with this fertilizer, uh, it'll come up. The germination rate's going to be even higher and actually quicker because it holds a little bit moisture within the uh, the fertilizer pellet. But but again, if the bag says covers four thousand square feet, you it shouldn't matter really as long as that is accurate. It, yeah, know. that should be accurate. Yeah. That should be accurate. It's the cost yeah. is is the is the deception. The yeah. deception is okay. You know, well, oh, this one, the one pound of centipede costs twenty dollars, and you go somewhere else and it costs forty dollars. Well. That may be that there is a difference. It's mm-hmm. just like anything. You see a big yeah. difference, uh, Jeff, in price. Something's up, yeah. and uh, just be aware of that. It's usually the square foot, but yes, the square foot should be correct. Uh, it's just that it's it's usually people are trying to compare costs, and that's what's happening because of inflation with everything now. Is that <laughs> sizes are being lowered and boxes remain the the same and and but this is going on for years and uh, curious does that coating do anything to protect it from say birds uh, picking it up and yeah usually you don't have a, a, a major issue for whatever reason with birds attacking this these type of seeds the bermuda the centipede uh, coated or otherwise coated or otherwise it's usually not an issue it's more to do with getting the germination there before it comes up and and you just never want to put you, you, you never want to put uh, uh, like like a small seed in a loose soil and like we say oh yeah we just tilled it it's level it's ready to go we recommend getting a either watering it down or getting a nice rain on it before you put it down so it kind of packs that soil remember if you put this down and you get a hard rain on it, it's a loose soil it might bury it a half an inch mm. that's a problem and uh, so if you can kind of look out for that, uh, you know, that usually helps. And there's also something called hydroponics, and the homeowner can't do that, uh, in which they actually spray the seed. And I think y'all did this in, in uh, Ohio, maybe. maybe in Illinois. Not. In Illinois, right? Not me personally, but, but I wouldn't done. doubt it. Yeah, and it was just, it, it, you can see the highways. Exactly. And- you see this a lot on highways where they can't water, and they got maybe steep areas where it's really steep and it's going to wash, and they'll shoot this with a coating, the seed coated, so it makes the seed stick, and it also also uh, the coating will hold moisture. So you get a combination of no washout, the coating, so you get a much better germination rate, where probably in situations like if you plant on the highway now where you depend on Mother Nature, You'd probably get very little uh, germination, and because one, uh, you depend on Mother Nature, and two, you're on a slope. So if you do get the rain you need, uh, it may just all wash out. So in some instances, it's almost uh, it's almost necessary to do it that way, and that's usually where you see it done in, in industrial areas or, or in um, um, government areas where they just cannot water, and it's obvious that that if they don't water it it'll get washed out uh, by rainfall into one spot, and that causes a problem. When we were putting down seed, uh, and I'm thinking my park district days on mass, best to do it in the cooler weather, the fall. Uh, is that still a, a good idea down here? Well, um, no, but it really depends on the kind of seed. I, I bet you y'all were putting down ryegrass, which has to have that cool weather. Um, so if you put down Bermuda or centipede when temperatures start to drop, they will not germinate at all. So it's really the warmer the better. Okay. But you're kind of battling the other the other aspect of it that if temperatures get really warm, gets, then it gets dry. So that's the two things you're battling. So, no, you can't wait too late. Like when it comes to Bermuda and Centipede, you know, we tell people around the middle of September is maybe maybe the 1st of October because temperatures have been getting staying warmer later. Uh, but if you go too late, uh, 
germination is a problem. Although yeah. with although with Bermuda Jeff, you plant that in the middle of winter if you're not doing a lot, and because it's worth the risk. Because if you just get two two or three weeks of warm weather, which we can get, you can get it up. Yeah, I, I wonder too. Maybe we were doing it in the fall because you know it was the parks district and people are beating up grass during the summer months. And maybe they thought it was best just to wait until the higher use of the park is done before planting. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it was probably rye, and, and probably because maybe in the fall, uh, you, you, maybe you're right, though. I'm thinking about it. What is y'all fall? What was the fall? What were y'all considering? Yeah, I'm talking about um, early September to right. mid-October. So to me, we get a lot of usage from then in, in October, November, right? What's that? Park park usage. Not as much. Once school's back in oh, session okay. and, you know, again, people revert to other activities. Uh, yeah. I just remember. Uh, but our parks were beaten up in the summer. Trust me. I, I was the one you know, yeah. doing maintenance on them and things like that. Right. Um, I, I just remember seeing a lot of ryegrass um, in certain areas in Indiana and in Michigan, seeing a lot of ryegrass in September and October. So I'm not sure when they plant that rod. That's a good point yeah. too. Just because we're planting ours in October, y'all may be planting y'all's in in August because it's not that hot, right? right. You know, right. so it's. A, but I, I would think that uh, that's probably the most prominent seed that you would plant late, late in the season. Very good. What else have we got going on these days? Uh, uh, really, it's just a matter now. We've we've uh, not having much issues uh, with the lawns. The lawns we're seeing some dove weed, which kind of looks like looks like uh, Saint Augs. A little different than than uh, torpedo grass, which we talked about. Seeing that, it's kind of interesting, Jeff. How sometimes some years we get different uh, bugs uh, or different weed issues, and, and different bugs for that matter uh, at different times, and and so. Haven't seen a lot of dove weed, but we start to see it. It kind of looks like, looks like Saint Aug. It's it's a, it's a little bit more challenging to control because it is a grass, and um, so you got to deal with it. Um, but but anyway, um, there are controls to it. And, and I said dove weed, uh, uh, torpedo is a, a grass. Dove weed actually looks like a grass, but it's a broadleaf. So there are ways to attack it, but man, it's 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 not easy. And uh, and not, not seeing a lot of bug issues right now. And I think it's a combination of we get a little bit of moisture, but not a lot. Um, the last time we had a huge um, uh, problem uh, with the sod webworms was in August. This is several years ago, but it really got wet. I mean, really wet. And so instead of getting these everyday rains, we got some really heavy rains over a, a four- to six-week period. And that's when we saw a huge issue. So we'll have to kind of wait and see. And people are doing a lot of preventive maintenance when it comes to the uh, bugs, which I think is a smart idea to keep that grass healthy and, and at least keep the population down. But just be aware that uh, sometimes our major problems are going to be in, in August uh, and September before we really start to see get out of the woods if we can get beyond that. But uh, basically, Jeff, we kind of – Hanging in there, waiting for the uh, the cool weather to come. I know we got a little ways to go. We'll start uh, with other uh, uh, vegetables like cold crops, such as cabbage and broccoli and cauliflower. But about two or three weeks away from that, but we'll be long. Gotcha. We'll be there. Anything else to share today? That's it, Jeff. All right. Well, again, Richard, appreciate you coming by as always. We'll look forward to the next time. Uh, in the meantime, six days a week over there. Yes, that's correct. All right. We'll see you next week. Thank you, Jeff.